What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Huddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. I'll never forget years ago, this was years ago, I went into one of my college classrooms thinking it was gonna be just another ordinary day. Uh, I quickly realized it wasn't the case. Uh, The professor came in, and before I share what happened on that day, this particular day, I have to give you a picture of, of this classrooms. All of my members that are students Maybe you all can relate to this. Matter of fact, where are the students at in the house? Okay, we just wave, say hey. All right, all my students. Uh, This class was an early morning class, junior. This class, how many morning people here? I got four of you, all right. I'm a morning person. I don't mind the morning. I wake up excited to be alive. But in this class, the majority were not morning people. It was an early class. And so as you can imagine, in an early class, every, most people came in looking like zombies to class. I'm talking about looking like extras from the Michael Jackson thriller video. Some of y'all are too young. You have no idea what that reference is about. YouTube it. Zombies. Just came <laughs> looking crazy. It was a struggle. And so they would come in, and this was one of those classes, it was a large class, so people can kind of hide in the back, you know, and they'll just throw their hood on, and what do you think they would do in the class? Just fall asleep. Present. Gone. And uh, this was a class that I, that I actually enjoyed. I would be sitting in the front, not that I'm trying to kiss up to the teacher or anything, it's just, I used to be in the slow class, so I gotta sit in the front in order for me to get what they're teaching. I'm just being real and honest. Some of y'all like me, but you don't want to admit it. So I would sit in the front row, and usually in the class, people would throw their headphones on, listening to music, watching Netflix, and, and, and just nodding off. And there was this one brother, God bless him, he would come to the class and always find to sit right next to me and it was like a routine. He will bring a paper out and he will bring a pen out to act like he was taking notes. But as soon as the professor started, he would knock out and just start drooling all on the paper. And without fail, every time he would get up, I would just see a, a, a puddle right there on that piece of paper. God bless that brother. It had nothing to do with what I was getting at, but I just had to mention that. <laughs> I'll never forget this too. <laughs> God bless him wherever he is. The professor, I'm painting the picture, was very monotone. Students know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the teacher that would just today, it was just very monotone, and the voice would just instantly, you disconnect. But as soon as the professor walks in, everybody thinks it's a normal day, but he says to the class, I want to announce to everybody that we have a guest professor coming in. He's a renowned speaker, and he's going to be giving the lecture today. I look around, and I'm a little excited, but nobody else cares. They're still sleeping. The brother next to me is still drooling. Nobody cared. But he says he's so well-known, and he's renowned in this field that 
news and journalists and media folks caught wind that he was in the area and giving a lecture, so they're gonna be coming in with cameras here. Nobody cared, they were still asleep. But as soon as he made that announcement, the guest speaker came in and there was a film crew right behind him with cameras. What I saw take place, I will never forget. Because all of those that were knocked out, sleeping, disconnected, what do you think they started to do? Wiping the cold from their eyes, back in themselves. The girls start fixing their hair, doing a bun real quick, getting it together. The brother right next to me, what do you think he did? He just wiped the drool off his, the side of his mouth. Why? Because the cameras were on. And I will never forget that day because as soon as the camera crew came in, the guest speaker started speaking, everyone just sat upright, everybody was proper, everyone started acting accordingly because the cameras were on. And I learned a very profound lesson that day. I felt like the Lord really challenged me that day. And what I told myself that day, I began to pray. I said, Lord, let me live my life as if the cameras are always on. Let me live my life in a way that whether people are watching me or not, I want to live a life that I'm not faking the funk because if we're honest today, many of us know how to fake the funk when we're in front of people. Many of us know how to act like we got it together. Yes, I'm blessed, I'm sanctified, I go to Hope Center, everything is all good, I'm blessed, highly favored, nothing wrong going on with me. And we know how to fake the funk when the camera's on, but when it's off, I said, Lord, I want to live my life as if the camera is always on. And, 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 and I began to meditate on this as I was preparing this message. And I asked myself this question because I needed this for myself before I preached it to you. I spoke to myself. Anybody speak to themselves? Okay, and you call yourself by a nickname? So I'm just Serge to myself. I know y'all are like, Pastor crazy. I'm all right. I'm, I'm okay. I just call myself Serge. I said, Serge, will you be faithful when no one is watching you? I asked myself the question, will you have integrity when no one acknowledges you? Will you always give your best even when no one thanks you? Will you do it? We've been in the Stand Firm Love Well series where we've been examining the life of Daniel and his compadres and his squad, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And as we study the life of Daniel in the book of Daniel, the prophet Daniel, we've been considering chapters one through three in the last several weeks, and as we look at his life, it was a life of integrity, it was a life that was worth honoring, it was a life of character. See, Daniel knew what it meant to be faithful when it could have been easier to compromise. Daniel knew what it meant for his faith to be tested repeatedly, and the reality is that now more than ever, we must realize that in the same way we will be tested, we will be challenged, but I want our church and I want people of this ministry to be able to stand firm even when the challenges come your way. See, he realized this concept, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, that the strength of our faith relies on the stability of what we believe when we're under attack. 
I'm gonna bring that back, rewind. The strength of our faith relies on the stability of what we believe when we're under attack. What does that mean, Pastor? That, that it's, it, character is defined in not what we do in times of convenience and comfort, but when things are inconvenient. When we're uncomfortable, that is the true test of character. See, Daniel and his friends had conviction and faith. Say those two words with me, say conviction. Okay, uh, this side was doing good. Uh, This side right here, help me out. Say the word conviction. Uh, uh, Say the word faith. Everyone say faith. See, they had conviction and they had faith. Convictions is about the choices that we make before we're challenged. Faith is our ability to act on our convictions when we're tested. Conviction and faith. Now more than ever, I am praying for a church, I am praying for our church to be a church that would stand firm but also be able to love well. And in order for us to stand firm and love well as we've been examining over the last several weeks, I want to give you two principles today. I want to give you two principles on how to stand firm and love well. In order for you to stand firm and love well, here it is if you're taking notes, your faith must be tested. Getting a little quiet in here. I'm getting a little nervous. Are you all doing okay? If you're doing okay, say amen. Amen. Practice a good churchy amen. Okay, do you have your receiver on? I didn't check before the message. Is your receiver on? Okay, if I throw something that's good, would you would you catch it? Let me see you do that. If I okay, okay. I just want to make sure. Y'all get me a little nervous when it's quiet. I start to, you know, I start to get a little nervous. Your faith must be tested. Let's look at the scripture here. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 through 16. Let's look at the scripture here. I'm going to help somebody today. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel, but the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my Lord, the king. Who is the king? You've been with us the last several weeks. What king was this? King Neb, Nebuchadnezzar, he's talking. So there's an official that Daniel, that's his boy, that's, that's his homeboy, and he's supposed to feed him a specific diet, the royal food and wine. Daniel and his friends, they chose not to be defiled. Why is that? What was wrong with the food and the wine? The reason why Daniel didn't want to defile himself, and let me do a little teaching and then we'll keep reading. The reason he didn't want to defile himself was because that food and that wine was for sacrifice to idols. And remember, now Daniel and his friends are in a foreign land where they worship foreign pagan idols when Daniel and his friends serve Jehovah God. And so now they're in a land that's unfamiliar to them and now they're being tempted and tested to compromise and break their convictions. And so here it is, this food and this wine was to be sacrificed for idols. So he said, I don't want any part of that. So let's continue. Now, the the official that was supposed to give him this food, he's talking to Daniel. He's saying, I'm a afraid of the Lord, uh, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should, you see you, why should he see you looking worse than the other men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. He's saying, listen, dude, if you don't eat this food, they're going to kill me because I'm supposed to be giving you and bring you this food and you're refusing to eat it. They're going to come for my head. But Daniel then said to the guard, 
whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Who are these people? Uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before they changed their names. Because they were in Babylon, they changed their names. But this is the same folks. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He says this. This is so good. Please, this is Daniel speaking to the official. Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables. Hey, vegetarian gang, vegan gang up in the house. I got like one. (laughs) Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to do this and he tested them. Someone say tested. Say it again, say tested. He tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. What do I want to teach you today? That in order for you to stand firm, you've got to be what? Got to be tested. See, when culture shifts, your faith will be tested. When culture is shifting uh, for the mindset to be, you should just, you should just live for what, 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 what feels good to you. If it feels good to you, then it must be right. See, the times that we live in is, is go after your career, your ambition, your business, and not that anything, that, uh, any of these things are bad. But what, what's happening in culture is make this your God. Make money your God. Make pride your God. Make yourself your God. Worship yourself. Worship people. Worship things. That is the time that we live in. We live in an emotion-based society, and so when culture shifts, your faith will be tested. Your convictions will be challenged. You will be tempted. I hope I had the right church and I'm speaking to the right people. You will be tempted to be distracted and to take detours and that will block your purpose and the call of God over your life. See, many people take detours in life because God is calling them to take a certain direction and a certain path and it may not be convenient. It may not go well with other people because they, 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 they want to impose their beliefs on you. And so here you are, you're trying to maintain your faith. You're trying to live out your convictions. You're here getting the word of God on Sunday and you know what you're supposed to do but you have the voices of other people who are pulling you in every direction and telling you to go this way and telling you to believe this, not to believe the word of God, not to believe the, the promises that were made to you, but to listen to your emotion, to just listen to your, listen to your, uh, your feelings and all these different things. And so you begin to de- take detours, but many people get lost in the detour. Many people make permanent decisions in a temporary season. I'm going to say it again. I, I, say, I know it's, I'm doing a little teaching. I know, but it's, it's going to come for you regardless if you like it or not. I'm a, I prayed and I prepared. I'm going to give this word today. <laughs> many people get lost on the detour. You don't know how many people I've counseled over the 15 years of my ministry. Young people, married people, divorced folks, and everyone from every phase and faith background and walk in life. I've seen it, I've talked to everybody. Uh, uh, and, and, and here's the thing, whenever I give what I believe is godly, sound wisdom, uh, uh, a lot of times, you know, the battle is, they say, you know, because the, the truth often conflicts with, with your feelings. And so you want to fight the truth 
because it's conflicting with what you've been taught. It's conflicting with your emotions and your feelings. And so we make these decisions because I don't want to break up with her because I don't want to make her feel bad. And now you're married and you're regretting it. I know it's quiet. I'm having conversations with people and, they're, and, and, they're, and they know I'm speaking the truth and I'm doing it with love, but I'm standing firm on the word of God and giving sound wisdom, but they say, I don't want to make my friends feel bad. I don't want to dis... God is calling you to serve, but I don't want to disappoint my job, my employer. And so we make decisions based on what man says and not what God is telling us to do. That's all right. And I've had these conversations with people. So how do I overcome this, pastor? How do we overcome? We must choose to serve him, his ways, his will over our will, over our emotions, over our comfort, and over our feelings. You don't want to make them feel bad, but you're going to be regretting continuing in that relationship. You've got to stand firm. You don't want to make them feel bad, but as long as you continue in the path that you're in, you're going to get lost in the detour and with those friends, and you're not going to be able. See, some won't make it back, but I want to tell somebody that the direction that God is giving you to take, the instruction that he's giving you through the word, that regardless of what your emotions tell you, regardless of what people tell you, what is God telling you? Stand firm on that. Stand firm on the word of God. Stand firm, stand firm. Your faith will be tested. Here in the scripture, they said, hey, they're gonna kill me if you don't eat this food. But Daniel's saying, it's against my conviction. I cannot do it. I am sorry, but I gotta stand on the word that God has given me. See, sometimes you gotta have those conversations with people. Sometimes you gotta say, I love you and I'm sorry, but there's just certain things that I cannot do. There's just certain places that I cannot go. There's just certain conversations I cannot have because now I'm learning about convictions. Now I'm growing in my faith and as long as I'm rolling with you, doing the same things, hanging out in the same places, I will not grow. I'm sorry, I love you, but I got to keep my faith. I've got to stand firm. He's saying, they're going to kill me. Listen, you got to eat this food. He's saying, I will not do it. Test me and see that God is going to make a way. See that God is going to make a way. See, the scripture says that Daniel resolved right there in verse 1. It says Daniel resolved. In other words, he made a what? A decision. He made a commitment. And he stuck to it. Whatever came, he says, I'm not being deviated. I'm not going to take a detour. I'm standing firm on what I've resolved to do. Is there anybody that's resolved to serve Jesus in the house? I'm gonna okay I got five people anybody that's made a decision a real decision that said no matter what comes my way I choose to serve Jesus regardless of what society says regardless if they call me crazy I choose to serve Jesus because I know what he's done for me and I will never be ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation he's turned 
He's turned me around. He's restored my life. He's given me purpose. He's given me hope. I will not be moved. I will stand firm. See, our faith will be tested, but you've got to resolve. You've got to commit. You've got to make a decision. Let me give you the second thing. Are you all doing all right, by the way? All right, let me keep going. Uh, can, is there anybody that would just help me preach? Just say preach, pastor, preach. Help me, help me preach. All right. Let me give you the second thing. In order for you to stand firm, love well, your heart must be tested. Your heart must be tested. Daniel said, test me for how many days? How many days? He said, for 10 days, test me. What was the significance of 10 days? What was the significance? This had profound significance, 10 days, because the number 10 is, 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 is symbolic of the testing of heart and faithfulness. The number 10 is symbolic and it represents the test of the heart and faithfulness. How do I know this? In the scripture in Exodus 20, when the Lord gives the 10 commandments, 10, that was a testing of the heart in the Old Testament. When the scripture talks about in Deuteronomy 14.22 and Malachi 3.10 about giving a what to the Lord? A tenth to the Lord. It's a test of our heart and faithfulness. In Revelation, the Lord instructs the church to endure 10 days of persecution in Smyrna. That's Revelation 2.10. He wanted to test their heart and their faithfulness. And so now let's continue here in the scripture. Let's continue here in the scripture. The Bible says these four young men, Daniel and his crew, gave this is verse 17 through 21. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by king uh, to bring them into service, the chief official presented them to uh, King Nebuchadnezzar and talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them. Here it is. He found them what? 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. How many days were they tested? How many times were they better? 10 times better. Whenever our heart is tested, it makes our faith stronger and reveals his glory to those around us. Whenever you trust God with your heart, with your future, with your finances, with your career, with all of these different things that you are perceiving, when you trust him with these matters, it will make you 10 times better. Whenever you trust God, in the same way that he did for Daniel and these other three friends, he will do for you. He will elevate you into a higher position. You don't realize how God will bless you when you trust him. I don't know if there's anybody that's ever had to trust Jesus. I've had to trust him all my life. So I know what I'm talking about. Uh, some of you will be so blessed when you realize the power of trusting Jesus more than your job. You will realize the power in trusting Jesus with your heart more than your friends. 
You will realize when you trust Jesus with all that you are, not just part of you, but all that you are, mind, soul, spirit, body, with all that you are, when you begin to trust him, you will see the great things that he will do in you and the people around you. These people, these men chose to trust God in a time where they could have been persecuted. And when they trusted God, the Bible declares that they were elevated in their position. I just want to speak prophetically over someone in the house that says, that says, I'm in the test right now. I want to declare to you, just stay in the fight. Continue trusting God that in the same way that they were elevated, God will elevate you too. You know why I trust Jesus more than I trust my things, my business, my relation, more than anything in this world? Can I, can, I, can, I, can I testify to somebody in the house? Is it all right if I testify? The reason why I trust him with all of my being, my mind, my soul, my body, with all that I am, I'm talking about I really love Jesus more than anything in this world. The reason why is because I realize that the things that, 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 that the world gives, see, the world can take it away. Let me come on this side. The things that the world gives, they can take it away. I can be given a job, but they can take away my job. That's why I trust God over my jobs. <laughs> the reason I trust him is because the world offers temporary joy. See, doing, the, doing bad things feel great in the moment. But that joy immediately leaves you because what the world offers you, it feels good in the moment, but the next moment is taken away from you. But the joy that the Lord gives. I want to testify to somebody. I feel like preaching in the house. The joy that he gives. No one in this world can take it away. Nothing in the world can take the peace that he gives, the hope that he gives, the purpose that he gives, the calling over my life. The world can't take it away from me. That's why I trust him with my whole life. More than things. I, I don't even trust myself. I got to commit my life to the Lord. I need Jesus. Anybody like me, you know you need Jesus? Because I know that the gifts that he gives, no one and nothing can take it away. That's why I'm so glad that I have people that have the testimony. I've lost houses. I've lost cars. But thank God that I'm still standing and I haven't lost my faith. I don't know if anybody has that testimony. If that's you, just lift your hand right there where you are. Let me know I'm not alone. I've lost friends, but I haven't lost my salvation. I may have lost money, but I haven't lost my life. I've lost things, but I haven't lost my hope. And I want to let you know, stand firm on that which God has given you. Because the world will try to tempt you, distract you, pull you in every direction to take it away from you. But I want to let you know that whatever comes your way, stand firm. Look at the person beside you and tell them, stand firm. Okay, look at somebody like you believe it. Matter of fact, shake their hand and do it like you're going to shake it off and tell them, stand firm. Whatever comes your way, whatever comes your way, when the enemy attacks you, when temptation comes, when the enemy tries to distract you, when you become discouraged, stand firm. Why should I stand firm? Because the generations after us will eat from the fruit 
of the seeds we sow today. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel had no idea that centuries after their life, we will be talking about them inspired by the faith that they had, that even when they were put in the fire, that even when Daniel was in the lion's den, that even when they were persecuted and tempted with royal food and wine, they committed to their faith, and because they stood firm, we're talking about them today. Do you realize the power that is in you when you stand firm for your future generations? If you don't break the curse now, your children will suffer with it. If you're not the one to break the chain now, then your future generations and those around you will continue to fall into that same ditch. If you do not stand firm now, if you don't kill it now, then future generations will suffer. But I'm declaring in the name of Jesus that there will be people that will stand in the gap and say it stops and it ends with me. Addiction ends with me. Suicide ends with me. Anxiety ends with me. I've got to be the world changer. I've got to be the chain breaker. I've got to be the one that will make the difference. See, what happens is many of us are trying to build. Try to build it. Try to, try to put this together. I'm gonna help somebody today. And then the enemy comes. Nope, you're not called by God, he doesn't love you. And you're trying to be faithful, you're trying to stand firm. But then discouragement comes your way. Nope, 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 you're not going nowhere, you're staying bound. You're staying in this place. You're not worthy, you're not going nowhere, man. Just stay, you're staying here. Meanwhile, your children, your neighbors, your peers are looking at you and they're waiting on you because they want to stand on the foundation that you've built, but you're getting knocked down by discouragement. You're getting distracted by temptation and you're trying to build that thing. And you're coming here on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, you're just giving into it and you're getting knocked down. But I want to charge somebody in this place that whatever distraction comes your way, even if it looks like a blessing, but you know that it's a, it's a temptation in disguise. I wish I was speaking to somebody today. I need people in this place that would say, I'm going to stand firm on the truth of the word of God. Whatever comes my way, I'm gonna continue to pray and believe even when other people call me crazy, I'm gonna continue to believe. I wish I had somebody in this place. I will stand firm on the word of God even when others try to push me. Go ahead, go ahead. As I'm trying to push you, put, go ahead, fight back, brother, fight back. Because you've been, you've been on this weak foundation for years. Uh. Is there anybody that says, I'm gonna stand firm, pastor. I'm gonna do it for my generation. I'm gonna be the one to make a difference. I'm gonna lay a foundation that others will be able to stand on. See, some of y'all, 
As soon as you see something on Instagram, boop. <laughs> this may not be for you. This is for my audience online. I know I'm speaking to you. I don't know I'm speaking because it's quiet up in here, but I, I know, I know I'm, pre- some, I'm speaking to somebody in the house. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as you get a threat from your job, I'm discouraged. No, and you just give in. As soon as, soon as someone speaks a negative word over your life, you just whoop. <laughs> but I'm declaring that people will fight. Resolve, commit to stand firm because there are others that are waiting for you to stand firm. There are people that are looking at your marriage and hoping that you stand firm and that you keep the faith and that you stick to the commitment that you made to the call of God over your life. There's somebody that's right now and you're tempted to give up. Somebody's been crying this week and you want to give up, but I want to charge you in the name of Jesus, do not give up in what you believe and what you been called to do not grow weary in doing good for in due season you will reap if you do not faint the bible talks about the refiner's fire over there in first peter chapter 6 verse 7 don't leave me don't leave me brother stay right here i want the musicians to come up here first peter chapter 1 verse 6 and 7 the bible declares about being refined through the fire about being tested in malachi chapter 3 verse 2 the bible declares that our faith will be tested and we will be challenged unless we learn to understand and accept the test as part of of maturation of growing then we will not grow in our faith and stand firm are you ready to catch something if I throw it to you because I feel like I'm preaching better than you're receiving today let me throw something I hope you catch it everything great is learned and earned through pain and sacrifice (laughs) everything great is learned and earned through pain and sacrifice. You're in the test right now. You're in the fire right now. And you're saying, is God punishing me? I want to tell you he's not punishing you. He's refining you. The test made them 10 times better. I want to declare over you that the test is making you better. The test is making you stronger. The test is making you grow. The test is making you mature. Will you believe God for a legacy of faith? That the people that are viewing your life, that they view a legacy of faith and not one that gives up as soon as the the storm hits. See, many in this place, you've been hit by the storm and your foundation was knocked to the floor. But this is your day to rebuild. This is God. God brought you to this place to rebuild. God brought you to this place so that you can lay a new foundation and be able to stand firm on it. Your generations will continue to suffer with that thing unless you stand firm. They will eat of the fruit of the seed that you sow in today. I don't know about you, but I want to sow seeds of faith. I want to leave a legacy that will stand. I'm declaring me and my house 
will stand firm on the truth of the word of God. If I have anybody make this declaration, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Me and my house, we will trust God even when it seems impossible, even when it's not easy. I will be the one to stand firm. God is calling us now more than ever to stand firm. Stand firm, stand firm, stand firm. Once again, much love and appreciation for listening to today's message. I'm so glad that you've been a part of the listening experience. But let me tell you, there's nothing like the live experience. It cannot be explained, only experienced. And so I encourage you to come out on a Sunday so you can listen to the messages live and be a part of a wonderful atmosphere within family and within community. You can find more information about our gatherings on our website at myhopecenter.org. Also, make sure to follow us. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at my Hope Center. I also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so that you get notified as soon as we upload content. Make sure to share it with your friends and your family. There's someone that you know that could really benefit from these messages. So make sure to spread the word about what's happening here on the Hope Huddle podcast. So again, I hope to see you soon. Until then, peace, love, and God bless.